Well, good morning. Uh, welcome to a special edition of the Ag Market Network. We're coming to you today from the uh, Mid-South Ag and Farm Show in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. We are uh, sponsored, uh, as usual, by Fibermax and also Stoneville Seed. And we want to say a special thank you to our host here today, uh, the uh, Mid-South Farm and Gin Show, and a special thank you to Tim Price for all he's done to make this possible. The format for today will be uh, will be led today by Dr. O.A. Cleveland, and then he'll uh, be joined in by our cotton panel. Uh, as everyone knows, uh, Dr. Cleveland is a, a professor emeritus from Mississippi State University and very well-known cotton marketing expert. He's joined by Joe Nieper, who's the president of Calcott Cotton, also joined by Kip, uh, Kip Butts, who's senior cotton analyst with Informa Economics. Uh, we'll, we'll, and after we have our discussion, we'll open it up for questions. We do have some questions that have come in. So let's start off away with your thoughts on the cotton market. Well, thank you, Pat, and thank you, Pat, for being a major sponsor of this. It's always great to be with you. It'd be great to be with Kip and with Gerald. And I would tell Kip and Gerald, please uh, correct me at any point in time and uh, uh, get people to correct me. I, I'm going to make a lot of mistakes today, as I usually do. The crow doesn't taste that bad. I've still got a couple in the freezer to send to a few other people that I'll, I'll do that to. Uh, Jim, uh, not picking on you, but uh, just see you there, so I'll mention your name. <laughs> but what we've, we've, had a, we've had an interesting cotton year. It seems like every year we, we, we think we know what's going on and year after year things change and it makes for a whole new scenario that we never thought of and we're seeing that again this year. Uh, let's just talk a little bit about old crop now. We ba we're back into the low 80s. I think we're headed to 85 cents and from there I think we will move into the upper 80s. I'm not extremely confident that we will move above the upper 80s and it may be we go no higher than 86 cents or 85 cents or something like that but uh, I'm not a 90 cent guy anymore. Uh, I don't know that I ever was but I probably opened the door for that a time or two. I hope we do go there. But I certainly would not have any cotton left unless it was that one last bale that I happened to find uh, on the recap sheet uh, that I still had left. But So that's where we are today. And uh, some things that are going on, the backdrop there that we look at to see where, where things might go further. Let's first look at the crop size. USDA has stuck with its, what is it, Gerald, 21 and a half million? 21.2, I think. 21.2 million bales. Uh, we look at the cotton that's been ginned, and uh, we know the production season is over, and we're still about one in nearly, nearly, uh, nearly two million bales short of that. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we're, we're just not sure where this cotton's going to come from to get the USDA, to meet the USDA estimate of 21.2 million bales. Now, we do have uh, a lot of modules sitting out there. Well, I call them modules, a lot of big round bales sitting out there, and particularly most of them are, are in Texas. There are a few at other places, some in Georgia, some in Tennessee, but there are a few stuck everywhere. But te Texas, of course, is where they are. And to think that uh, we've got uh, that 1.7 million bales or so sitting in modules is a little bit far-fetched for me. I know Kip has looked at some numbers and looked at some uh, in more detail than I have. And Kip, I'd like for you to pick the pick up on that when uh, Anytime you want to, you can you can you can uh, inject that now. You can let me ramble on a little few minutes more. But it's at your pleasure. But we don't think there's that much cotton out there. 
The trouble I have, and I have great respect for USDA, of course I pick on them, I'll be the first to say that, I have great respect for them, I have great respect for their professionalism, uh, they were very well trained. I also, I don't usually pick on NAS so much, uh, I want growers and farmers to continue to respond to NAS surveys with great vigor. We need, the industry needs for the grower to respond to those NAS surveys, they're extremely important. But I'm a little bit concerned that NAS has uh, not given us enough transparency on what the cotton ginnings will be uh, or what uh, the cotton, the, of what they're picking up with the current data month after month, meaning that I think this crop size is smaller uh, because the, there are not as many uh, big round bales sitting out there as, as NAS has reported uh, or through the, interpret the interpolation of, the, of what they think this crop size is. And no longer are we in an area, a time frame, it used to be, and we knew that they did things like that and it was okay. But the market is too volatile today. The market is too active. USDA, since NAS started that, has now for a number of years uh, had this thing called the Risk Management Agency, a whole brand new agency. It's been around a while. It's big. So that just says that USDA does recognize the volatility in the market. So I think NAS needs to be a little more cognizant of the volatility that's there and needs to be a little more open with the things that, uh, uh, that they come forward with. And as I'm speaking for this, I have to be extremely careful because the star just walked in. For you gentlemen that are here, you can turn around and see him back there. Uh, we're going to invite him to the table. Joe, come on up now. Why don't you bring a chair if there's not one here? I think there is one. So come on up now, Joe. Uh, uh, hey, Ole. Yes, sir. If you don't mind, while you're on this topic, let me interject there. You're talking about the crop size right now. Yes. We're in a scenario where I, I couldn't agree with you more. The Jennings and the classings are, are kind of discombobulated to our history. So we're in sort of a uh, uncharted territory. I do think they're... We've got a longer tail to this crop than we've Joe seen in a long, long time. Remember, we're looking at a really large crop here. And so I think what's happening is the ginning is a little slower than it we've seen the last several years because of the crop size. Also, there are more modules or round bales out there. And uh, this year, typically, the classings you would start to see fall off very sharply. Well, they started to fall, but they've come back, and now it looks like they may be stabilized. We don't know how long this is going to last. I just want to let you know that our company today uh, put our forecast out. We did drop the crop, uh, 488,000, recognizing exactly what you're talking about. There are people talking a million to two million bales down. I think that's way too much at this point, uh, simply because, quite honestly, we're looking at something we've never seen before. And there is a lot of uncertainty. I just think that a million is too much. And now, granted, we may, we may cut it more later. And we may take a little off of that, but it seems at this point a half a million bales seems reasonable for, for what you were talking about. Well, thank you. I've been throwing with a similar number, about 500,000 down. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, th I think NAS should go ahead and bite the bullet. They don't, historically, they've done that later in the year. But again, because of price volatility, I think they need to disclose that data as soon as they have it. Uh, my fellow panel members, I'll make a comment. Apparently, we're not microphoned or uh, audio to the audience maybe as well as we realized that we needed to be. So I would ask you to kind of speak a little louder to get the vo your voice to project to the audience a little bit. Uh, speaking of NAS, so I think that brings the crop down somewhat. 
Uh, the, I know Joe hit on it this morning. I, uh, I talked about it uh, at length last week in my newsletter. The trucking situation, and the trucking situation may in fact make the USDA export number come to life. I think it's dreadfully low, but because of our inability to get exports out of the country right now, we have a record level sitting out there ready to go on, go on boats, and yes, that number is kept. USDA keeps information on everything relating to cotton, it seems like. So we know that cotton is cleared for export, we just can't get it there. Uh, so it may make, make USDA's 14.5 million bale ex export estimate correct as opposed to it should be closer to 15 or even more above 15 million if we can get it on a boat. So anyway, just back to that area uh, where the market has been somewhat strong, it's come back, I think it's going to stay strong. Uh, and uh, if, with your permission, what I'm going to do is move into new crop just a little bit. Joe, inject any, any time, but we're going to ask you to make some comments too. Uh, we, I talked a fair amount last week myself about trucking, and I know you talked about it, uh, as someone said, with great passion this morning. <laughs> and I, I was glad to hear that because I think, as you pointed out, uh, the industry has missed that issue, and it's an extremely important issue. Uh, so, Joe, at any point in time, just jump right in and, uh, you know, put me back on the back row real quick. I'll get you sooner or later. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, so, so as we move into new crop, you look out the, the river, the Mississippi River here, it looks like 1973, the Great Flood. I had the opportunity to talk to, to uh, Men, men in the Coast Guard this morning, they say there's, there's absolutely no worry unless a lot of rain happens to come. Uh, they got another three or four days, the river's coming up some more, and then it'll start subsiding. So we don't need any more rain up and down the Mississippi River uh, Basin. But uh, if we get some, it could be a problem. But they're not concerned about it right now at all. So we, this, this acreage that we're looking at, the National Cotton Council is around 13.1. I know Gerald and, and Kip are looking at uh, larger numbers, three or four hundred thousand bales more, uh, acres more than that. So we could have a huge crop, but I think the Texas number, uh, triple digit days without moisture, but this is the dry season for Texas. They're not supposed to have moisture right now. But, um, you know, they could, uh, if they continue to fail to get moisture, then it becomes, uh, it, it, it takes new crop higher. I think we've got to have some weather difficulties and possibly some of the shipping difficulties that Joe has talked about this morning uh, that could take new crop higher. Uh, with respect to what I had written last week, we're, we'll continue to see very strong, unusually strong export shipments on through the summer and into the fall because we've got that much cotton lined up ready to go and we're going to have to get, get it out so it's just going to keep flowing and flowing and flowing and the export numbers are going to do nothing but get, get larger and larger. Uh, just touching on a few bases, base, more bases before you all take over, uh, give it to you. We had, uh, you know, I talk about my good friend here, uh, yeah that's you Gerald, uh, out the Californians with uh, vegetables, fruits, and other nuts, uh, and uh, the, uh, the, the, the California legislation to tax uh, clothing that's, uh, that's more than 50% polyester, or 50% or greater, uh, I think that's great legislation. Finally, it's coming about. You know, the age of cheap polyester is over, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll get to see some cotton coming online. Uh, I, I just, uh, what, what, the, what, the, what the cotton world needs, we need actually, I will say it this way, and may be wrong, you guys debate it, we need more mid-south, southeast type cotton. I'm not taking a swing at Texas at all, but the market is going to need some more uh, machine harvested cotton. Uh, that's what we're getting short of. We've talked, uh, we
we wrote an article for uh, the uh, 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 ICAC in December saying, well, just wait and see, watch it and see. You're going to see that world uh, production is going to be worse, lower than world carryover this year at world consumption. We're going to take world carryover down again this year. The time USDA had it going up a couple of million bales, but we're going to take it down. That's going to continue to support the market. Uh, so you guys, again, Joe, uh, take make trucking comments. I personally want to hear your market comments because uh, uh, you're also an expert in that area, and because I happened to get a little bit of clue about trucking a couple of weeks ago from one of your counterparts. Uh, not one of your employees, uh, one of your counterparts. So I picked up on trucking kind of early, uh, not as early as you did, obviously. But yeah, uh, uh, y'all, you guys, you three guys, go ahead. Uh, Gerald, you go ahead first and, and make your comments. And again, either any of you just jump in and join us anytime, please. Gerald, what do you think? The uh, um, you're making comments about the the crop size in USDA and, and very rarely you know they typically come out with an estimate in January and then they won't generally don't make a revision to that estimate until they come out with their final numbers in May but I think I would agree with you that I, I don't know why they can't come out with some revised crop estimates as the year is moving along um, particularly with so much left to gen out in West Texas I think people really would like to know that um, the uh, uh, I'm not sure where to go from here, away. You were sort of all over the place. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure. Really? I'm not sure where to pick I, up the, from. The, the, the question Pat asked a lot, I'll ask it this way. Where are we going with new crop? What's, what's going to happen? I have said that we had to have some new fundamentals come in to get us above 78 cents. Maybe the new fundamental is a trucking issue. Maybe the new fundamental is the moisture in Texas versus uh, the lack of moisture in Texas. Uh, I, I think world consumption still goes higher, but what's the new, that's what has us at 77 cents, 78 cents, 76 cents. What's going to take us, what's going to have to happen to see new crop get above 76, 77 cents? Well, you know, we're above 77 right now. We, we threatened 78 the other day, got up to 77.50. Um, I don't know what the high has been today, but uh, uh, I think I think it's going to make a run, try to make a run for 80 cents. I mean, as long as we can keep uh, current crop in, in the mid to, to low 80s, I think December's got a chance to, to run up there close to 80 cents, particularly if it continues to stay dry in, in West Texas. Hot and dry in West Texas, you know, it doesn't matter how many acres get planted out there this next year. You know, if you don't have any rain, nothing's coming up anyway. So as long as you continue to stay dry in West Texas, uh, they've got, there has been some moisture falling. Most of the moisture has fallen, I guess, east of, of Lubbock so far, but we're, you're going to need it on the high plains uh, north of Lubbock and, and west of Lubbock to, to really make a, a big crop this next year. But, um, you know, we've got until May. You know, typically, uh, uh, typically West Texas doesn't see any big rains until, what, uh, the May time period, late May, early June. So I think that's what will, but I do think that's what will drag December up to close to 80 cents. Okay, we hear a lot about the drought there in West Texas, but I would say, and then in the rolling plains, but I would say at this stage it's not nearly as bad as it was in 2013. Uh, Kip, uh, and then I'll come to you, Joe. What, what, do you, what, what, what do you see, what's it going to take to get the new crop to 78 cents to 80 cents? Or can we do it? What will it take to do it? Well, you, you touched on those, and I think a lot of the things you talked about is right. I, we're in a scenario where the weather will have a big impact on it. Um, 
I think that's that's the major thing now. We've seen great demand for U.S. cotton, though. Uh, you know, as for, there's a demand out there for U.S. cotton. I think if that continues the rates we've seen now, that's going to provide underlying support to not only current crop but new crop as well. So I think that's – and we've, we've got the shipping to deal with and so on. But I, I think right now it's a, a weather factor. We're looking at a little larger area than many others are for the uh, – actually, we're just about 100,000 bale uh, area – excuse me. 100,000 acres above uh, USDA's number at the forum. That number is, uh, it's up to a lot, of, a lot of change. We could actually, with continued dry weather in Texas, increase the area uh, simply because if we don't get the rains, we might actually get folks to plant for insurance. We've seen that a couple of times before. It's not huge. We're not going to get a million acres addition, but you know, we may get a little bit more in that to what we're thinking now, just for that very reason. Okay, Joe, I'm going to ask you to do that, make those same comments of comparison. But before you do, that I will interrupt, excuse me. No, 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 okay. I, what I was going to say is when we do go to Joe, I think I know that uh, when I ask him to come down here, he's got a, a kind of a full slate, and I'd, I'd like for Joe, if you've got, uh, rather than just go topic by topic, if you don't mind, uh, to look more like a guest speaker and just and, and provide sure. us with your insights. Thank okay. you. Okay, I'm going to ask you to do one thing as you do that. Uh, you're a merchant, of course, that makes you a bad guy with growers. <laughs> Uh, I'm a grower. Of course, that makes you a bad guy with me. Uh, but uh, so, you know, that we've, we've got this mix in the industry, and, 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 and Joe, is, I, I say that what I said was very jokingly. But uh, your comments, uh, as I understand them, uh, I want to say I agree with you. We've got to do something to get the cotton out of the warehouses. Now, understand the warehouse gets revenue. Growers own warehouses. Growers get more revenue by holding that cotton in the warehouse. But, folks, it's a two-edged sword. If the longer we keep that cotton in the warehouse, denying it to the market, that's giving another country the incentive to increase their acreage next year, to increase something, to increase their production, causes us long term to, look to, to lose markets. So we've got to find that mix to get the cotton out of the warehouse. Joe, uh, take off. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, it's nice to be with our roundtable New York guys here for a little bit. It's a little strange to be here in Memphis as opposed to New York, but always a pleasure to be with you. Um, you asked the question, I think, just a little bit, what's it going to take to get the 78 cents or whatever? I'm going to say it's, it's going to take about two weeks. So that's my <laughs> answer. <laughs> um, and uh, if you wanted to, um, you're asking about the changing in the, from the report. The government has actually moved the Jennings report data up. so. They do have the flexibility now, I think, to change the crop come this report, should they so choose to. Where you were right before, they used to wait till the final Jennings number came out in May before they make that provision. But I think last year, even, they made the change where it was. So I think there's the possibility that they'll be able to do that. Um, you know, when I look at the, the cotton industry and where we are today, um, we have some really big challenges. You know, we we just spoke and uh, spoke for an hour in the other room. and. Uh, talked about one of those challenges, which is our ability to ship the cotton. And um, as I said there, uh, even though you jokingly said, well, one's a producer, one's a merchant, you know, someone else is there, but we're all in this together. That's right. You know, we are your sales force. We are your marketing team. We are your customer service. And uh, it doesn't do any good for you to grow it if we can't sell it, and it doesn't do us any good to sell it if we can't ship it. So we have got to get rid of this bottleneck uh, at the warehouse. We have got to make sure that people realize that Getting a warehouse rebate check does not mean you're making more money because the price of cotton is the price of cotton. And so the more charges there, the more deductions you are getting, you're just not seeing it. And when your warehouse is 100 days behind, 
we deduct you from months of storage when we give you a bid. That's just the bottom line to how it goes. You're not, you're not getting any more money. You're just swapping it out of one pocket to another. And as you said, we're losing market share uh, to other people. We went through, we showed how India takes all of the business the first four months of the year. It's the highest price usually, highest basis, first four months. We have millions of bales in a warehouse and we give our market share up to India. We've got to stop that. Um, the time has come when the growth going forward, talked about USDA's 10-year projections, got world exports going from 38 million to 57 million, uh, almost a 20 million bale increase in world exports. Somebody's going to get that. Someone's going to win that, that, that share of the pie. And it might as well be the United States. You know, we have the capacity to grow it. We just have to be willing to ship it, give our customers what we need. Um, I know we talked a little bit about exports this year. Government uh, feels the challenge of our inability to ship, cut our exports to 14.5. Uh, personally, we think they're going to be well over 16, uh, not 15. We think we're going over 16. And next year, we think we're going over 17. Uh, the demand is there. All we have to do is execute it. And if we miss that number, we actually think it's probably closer to 16.3 to 16.4, actually. Uh, if we miss it, it's going to be because we're shipping 400 to 500,000 bales a week come the end of July, early August, and it's just going to flow over. So I, we think if we miss it, it's just going to be a matter of the calendar, not a matter of the quantity of the bales, and it'll just push up next year's exports to go. Uh, as far as pricing goes, you know, grains have moved up quite a bit in the back of the drought in Argentina. Um, beans, new crop beans at 1035, we thought we'd start to lose cotton acres as we started to move above 10 and a quarter. Um, and as we start to get corn at $4 on the board, uh, especially with some high bases in the southeast. So I know the National Cotton Council had uh, fairly flat estimates for the Delta Southeast. We would kind of concur with that, you know, especially when people have seen the um, benefits of rotation that they have on their farms uh, with for the yield enhancements that come after the fact. Uh, it would be hard to argue for someone to pass up those rotational benefits because any one of these prices is better than the other, uh, looking at since the rallies happened on the, on the grain side of things. Um, production next year. Whew. You know, you mentioned uh, the dryness in 2013. Uh, we know what we had last year, so we did the math. Um, if we have a year using the exact same abandonments and yields of 2013 across the entire United States, not just in Texas, plug in National Cotton Council's um, area and uh, yield projections, you get a crop of 16 million. And if you plug in last year's abandonment and yield with their acreage number, you get a crop of 22 million. <laughs> so we've, in the last two of the last four years, we have, so these are not like outlandish ideas, we've just experienced them both. They have a crop difference of six million, which is only the difference of about 40 to 50 cents. <laughs> so, uh, you know, as you look forward to, to new crop, uh, the answer is it's all about the weather now for real. You know, we don't really have, we may have some really deep subsoil moisture in West Texas, but we don't have regular, uh, we have no topsoil moisture and the intermediate uh, subsoil moisture is not there. So I don't see how prices are gonna go down much until it rains in West Texas. Um, the risks are just too uh, skewed to, to the upside that if we have problems there, and that doesn't matter, you know, we're not even mentioning if we still have continued problems of pink bollworm in India or Pakistan or if we have a problem with the monsoon or, or other things that can take place. You know, it's, um, it's a lot harder to finish the crop than it is to kill it at the beginning. So, uh, which is typically why risks rise early in, the, early in the year, why volatility rises early in the year, and I think we're in for some volatility. 
you know, not to mention what's going on with us around the world uh, and in our country from, from, from day to day. But uh, uh, the production possibilities are so wide, I think the volatility is going to increase here going forward. Um, you know, I agree with you to the extent that we got good insurance rates. We got a good program coming up in the Farm Bill that the National Con Council has been able to, uh, uh, to get pushed through from where it is. I think that's a huge benefit uh, to the industry. But it doesn't mean you have to plant cotton. You know, you can move your base around and you'll get the benefits of that even if you're going through your normal rotations. Uh, so I'm really, um, f you know, focused on our ability to try to export this uh, crop and next year's crop. Sales are fantastic. I expect them to continue to be fantastic. Next year's fantastic. People want our cotton. Uh, we've got to control contamination. We've got to take care of that plastic problem that's there. It is becoming a problem um, in the industry. We're losing our... Um, our status of being, you know, um, non-contamination uh, cotton uh, that's around. It make, they used to give us a benefit. Uh, other countries are catching up. West Africa, Brazil, we used to have six cent premiums over them. Today they're at par with us. Uh, so we're in a battle, but it's a battle that I think we can win. If we can get this cotton moved, we can sell it. People want U.S. cotton. That's the good news. So uh, I'm, I'm long-term optimistic. Uh, about the demand base. I wish I was as optimistic about the forecast for rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what are your, your thoughts on, on old crop prices? You know, I think old crop prices are going to follow our ability to ship this crop. You know, I, I, we think that the carryout substantially below the $6 million that the government's there. And, and, and I think in reality the marketplace is telling you that. Because if we really had a $6 million bale carryout, the marketplace wouldn't be at $0.82, cents, right? Um, but we, we also have to deal with another phenomenon. We have three and a half million bales of low mite cotton in West Texas, right? That's three and a half million bales of non-deliverable, non-traditional grades that we have. Now, it's a double-edged sword, right? It means you have less of those traditional grades available. But we've also been able to make additional sales because we now have discounted cotton that we used to not be able to make. That now we can take that share that we used to lose to low-grade Indian or Pakistan cotton that would come out or off-grades from other parts of the world we are able to sell some of the low mics and be competitive. So it, that's another reason why I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about our export pace and our ability to sell the cotton, because now we have a complete array of all different cottons, whether it be for, for spinning, open end, whether it be for weaving, other things that are there to provide all the customers of the world there. And, and we're going to have, in our carrot, we're going to have some low mic, but I think that's a positive thing, because that means our ability to continue to service all the customers as we go through the fall and, and, and early winter uh, we're going to have a full array of bales to go out. So when it comes to old crop, I think it's all about our shipment pace. Joe, you mentioned uh, that you're about $16 million for the uh, current crop for exports. Uh, USDA is at fourteen five. Our company is about a million more. You're a million more than we are. What is it that you see out there that is going to be able to help us get this through this trucking problem, which is primary combination warehouse and trucking? Do you see something out there? Most people are not seeing it as optimistically as you are. Yeah. I'm not, I don't have very good insight into the trucking side of the solution. I know that they're trying to look but potentially at some waivers for agricultural products to try to ease it in the short term that are there. Uh, I think people are getting a little bit creative on some of their uh, routing and the ability to get the cotton moved. Um, but a lot more cotton's moving than you think. Okay. You know, there, there's, mm -hmm. there's another problem that's existing in the world today that people are behind on documentation. We're long getting bill of ladings. There are other things that are there. There's, there's cotton moving. And, okay. and 
I think the system is just about at the point where it's going to start to catch up and we're going to start to see things to, to improve. Okay. Um, it's going to be a challenge because it's going to continue to go forward, but, uh, but I'm hopeful. So you're saying that USDA hasn't captured correctly all the stuff that's been shipped or I, I think companies haven't been able to report it accurately because this disarray in the... I think it's, it's all coming so quick now that everybody's behind. I mean, we're, we're the, the shipping lines are behind, the truckings are behind, the warehousing is behind, um, but the demand is there. The sales are there, the shipments are, as they said, you can see it on the BMAS report. You can see how many bales are being tried to be shipped. But bales, also if you just look at the bales shipped, the bales being picked up, it's huge. It's Those bales are moving somewhere. They somewhere. got picked up. They're moving. Yeah, I noticed that in the last report. I think it's 460,000 bales are picked up, yeah. and it didn't show up on the export sales report. So, you know, we got 150,000 sloshing around there somewhere. somewhere. I, I know, for example, this week we shipped twice as much as we shipped last week to where things are. And, and the projections going okay. forward are big going forward as well. Now, I'm sure we're going to have problems or we're going to miss dates, mix, pick, pick up things, and that's a problem we're going to have to deal with. But it's coming. Thank you. Any other Boy. comments about anything? <laughs> I, I've got some questions. These come from farmers, and, and uh, here's one. Anyone can, can uh, answer this question. Trade sanctions. In the news lately, we have talk of possible trade sanctions against China. Uh, for steel and aluminum, aluminum dumping, uh, and, and that brings to mind the question of any retaliation against the U.S. and one way could possibly be with ag exports. Any any thoughts on that, Joe? Anyone? Possible. You know, we don't want to see that. I would hope that agriculture will be able to be kept on the outside to where things are. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to be a little bit careful using. <coughs> food yourself to deny yourself food as a weapon. Now, cotton may be a little bit different, but look, China's going to use cotton. And if they want to buy less of ours and buy more Australian, buy more Indian, buy more Brazilian, they can. But then those countries have less to ship to someone else. So it's a zero-sum game. So we'll increase our exports to other places if, if, right. if they don't want it. So China's a very good customer of ours, you know, and I think they're going to become even a bigger customer of ours as they, as they whittle down their, their strategic reserve. Um, they like our cotton. Our cotton spins well for them. It's the right qualities of things that there. So it's a very good relationship that we have on the commercial side, so to speak. I hope the political side doesn't get into the way uh, from for cotton into China. But if it does, um, I think we're just going to rearrange the chairs on the Titanic, so to speak. Right. I, I was. I want to cover something you did. I think you're 100 percent right on that. If if we get trade sanctions, all you do is change the trade pattern. Right moors import in Vietnam and they import our bales then in the form of yarn. And so you do, you, like you say, you rearrange, I don't know about the Titanic, but you rearrange the deck chairs. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you do in fact change those flows. <clears throat> those never really in history, these kind of trade things have never worked out the way they were supposed to politically. Yeah. And so all you really do is change things around. It makes it more difficult to do business for a period of time but then you rearrange things and it finally starts back. So right. my thoughts on that. And I think that was a good point. You know, Pat, we're talking about NAFTA and Mexico and Oxide Mexico says, well, they're not going to, they're not going to buy the grains from the U.S. that they've been buying. Well, as just Joe mentioned, uh, it's a zero-sum game. Somebody's going to buy the grains particularly, they're food. Mm -hmm. 
uh, somebody's going to buy it. If, if Mexico doesn't buy it and they buy from Brazil instead of us, we'll sell our grain somewhere just as we'll sell our cotton. Well, Owey, if a farmer asks you what should I be doing for this next year as far as marketing my crop, what, what would you tell them? Well, as, as Joe said, wait two weeks and you'll be able to sell it for a higher price. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, marketing my crop. For this year's crop, I, you know, we're, we're, we're working on the high 80s. Uh, and, I, you know, I don't know from there. Uh, listen to these export numbers, we get them up to, uh, you know, I thought I was high earlier uh, and people were taking shots at me and I'm tickled to death to see Joe even higher. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, we're in a bull market. We're in a, let's call it this, we're in a demand market. And when we have demand, prices go higher. I'm not, I don't know, Lord, you know, a year ago I thought 75 cents on this, this year would be out of sight. And I think we all did. Uh, we thought it'd be absolutely the highest, and here we are, 13, 14, 15 cents higher than that. And the, the scenario that Joe very accurately, very pleasantly presented, you know, we could have a crop that's 22 million bales, we could have a crop, or 20 million bales, we could have a crop that's 6 million bales on, 16 million bales on this new crop. And that's, uh, that's uh, you know, that gives you a variation of, what, 80 percent in price, huge variation of what it could be. So. Uh, you, you know, here we are at 78 cents. Okay, we're in the upper two-thirds of the price range. There's nothing wrong with taking a little, doing, making some selling at 78 cents. You get the, you get the May rains, you get the Cinco de Mayo in South Texas, you get the Memorial Day rains in West Texas. Uh, then we'll be talking about 70 cents, and who knows? We may be even down to 69 cents, but. It's hard for me to get below 70 cents anyway, but probably even not that. Well, yeah, I can get below 70 cents if we get to all of a sudden end up with a 20, 22 million bale crop. Uh, but I, the key that Joe mentioned is demand, 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 demand. Thank you, Pat. <laughs> all right, any other comments? Kip, you got anything you'd like to say? I mean, I would just be repeating the same thing we just heard. I, I, I do think demands are really the factor that will keep the prices from going to what you would see in a traditional supply demand sheet that says, okay, if you increase your ending stocks, prices automatically go down. But I will say, if we don't figure out a way to get this cotton out this year, I don't think prices are going to stay at these levels. We're going we're gonna to go down. We'll, prices will move lower if we can't get this cotton out. There seems to be some, uh, now I don't follow yarn prices real closely. In fact, the only thing I really do is look at Cotlook's yarn index. But there seems to be a ceiling it keeps bumping up against. So, you know, I think that's going to keep prices from going a lot higher because there just doesn't seem to be any upward momentum on, on yarn prices. And Joe didn't say this. I'm not saying he said it. I inferred from what he said, and I think probably a lot of us did too. You know, we're talking about carryover today instead of USDA 6.0 million bales. We're talking about carryover at 4 million bales or 3.6 million bales. Uh, yeah, so that says a market is there. And, and I do, I get the general feeling globally that cotton consumption has weathered the storm and that we're getting some traction again. Yes. And that's really good news. We've gotten traction in China, we're getting traction a little bit in some other places. I think we're getting a little bit more focus on the sustainability um, issue of, of cotton as well as the uh, the ability for it to um, be more environmentally friendly than originally portrayed. Um, 
especially in its biodegradableness the, that exists, and in fashion as well. So, um, and we've even seen finally a switch and a change on the weight of fabrics. They've been getting lighter and lighter and lighter, so as we've been making the same amount or more pieces of apparel, we're not adding actually poundage of usage, but that seam is finally seems to have changed too, and it's slowly moved back. All these things are positive for cotton usage around the globe. And so we're almost back to trend line usage after eight years of being below the line, and that, that's probably the best news of all. All right. Well, very good. I want to thank everyone. Uh, thank you, Kip. Oh, wait, thanks for leading us today, and Gerald, and, and thanks to Joe for being our special guest. Uh, we want to also thank uh, all of you, our, our viewers, uh, and our sponsor. Uh, we, uh, we are very appreciative of uh, Certified Fiber Max and, uh, and look forward to uh, continuing to offer you this service that we do from the Ag Market Network. Uh, and that's it. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Pat. Thank you.